Hello everybody and welcome back to What the Ruck, the Edge of the Crowd's dedicated Aussie Rules podcast, where we discuss and dissect the latest in the Aussie Rules world. My name is Danny Brown and I'm joined by What the Ruck regular Ellie McNerney and new kid on the block, Trent Neese. How are you both doing and how are we feeling about the first week of men's AFL this week? Ellie? I'm really looking forward to it. It's good to have um, the men's season kicking off this week. Um, it's been a long time co- coming, I guess, obviously, since being in lockdown and all. Um, but hopefully I get to see my precious dogs win again against the Ds because, um, yeah, still have flashbacks from that grand final and not the good ones. Oh, rough. <laughs> How about you, Trent? Yeah, thanks, Danny, for having me uh, and Ali too. Um, excited to get started on what the ruck, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the AFL season. I mean, it's off season's been big. Like players have moved um across the country, and um, yeah, looking for fresh starts everywhere. So yeah, I'm keen to get back into it. Yeah, definitely. It will be an interesting one to keep an eye on this year. So we will be doing that on behalf of everyone. And uh, we may see some special guests this season and and a regular rotation of people jumping on this podcast. You won't always see this lineup this week. So it's uh, just an extra reason to keep listening to us. Um, (laughs) um, So to start us off this week, what we're going to be doing is a bit of prediction times. We're going to be looking into our crystal balls. And um, we will start off with the big question, which is the Premiers. Who's going to win the flag this year? Ellie, tell us. Well, I'm going to go with Melbourne going um, back to back. Um, I loved, I think just their side is so full of talent right across the board. Um, I guess they didn't have a bad run with injuries, but they brought in the likes of Luke Dunstan to um, help cater for that. And they've got likes of Majak Dor um, waiting in the wings. So, yeah, I think they can go back to back. Beauty. What about you, Trent? Who are you tipping? Uh, I'm going Brisbane. Um, quite surprised, actually, that they didn't get further last year. Um, I think their defence lines up well. Their forward line lines up well, even without Hitwood for the majority of the season. Um, and also, I mean, their midfield is, if not the, is probably the best, I'd say, in the competition. So, yeah, looking for Brisbane to recover from the straight sets. Um, and I can also see here that you've got a similar tip, Danny. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna back in with your call and say Brisbane. Um, there seems to be a lot of hype around them if you um, have a look at some of the quote-unquote experts that are looking into this season. They've um they've said that Brisbane are probably the hot shots this year. They've they've done well on the off season, picked up a couple of players from um around the place. I see that Tom Joyce is getting another run, which I'm pretty stoked about. Um and yeah, I I mean I was at that final um that they played against Melbourne uh, at Adelaide Oval last year, and I was blown away by how intense they were and I was surprised that they didn't get up at the time so and like you said you know they they went down by one point in in the next week so uh yeah I'll I'll back in Brisbane as well um Ellie who's gonna who's gonna fall short at the final hurdle and be runners up this year I'm going with Port Adelaide um they obviously have the talent to go all the way but as we know they haven't been the best in those big games so I reckon they'll get one step further than they have in the past few years where they've fallen short at prelim finals, but I don't think they can get over the line um, on grand final day. So, yeah, I've gone port for the runners-up. 
Okay, what about you, Trent? Uh, I'm going Melbourne. I think they make it to the granny again. But, um, yeah, the premiership hangover gets them. And, um, yeah, I think Brisbane Pippen, only just, I think it'd be a really good grand final back at the MCG, obviously. Uh, hopefully, I should say. <laughs> obviously. Um, so, you got yeah, intel. <laughs> pending any COVID lockdowns, part three. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, so, I think Melbourne make it. But then, yeah, lose it just to Brisbane. Bad luck, Melbourne. I'm going to go for Ellie's team, the Doggies. Um, again. <laughs> I'll give you a bit of hope this year, uh, yeah. a bit of faith. Um, I just love their big names and and how well they can shine. But um, also I think that they, they seem to be coming together a bit more um, and not just letting their big players do all the work. And I feel like that's something that they would have been working really hard on on the off-season. Uh, obviously, they've got Bailey Smith, Marcus Bontempelli, you know, some of those household names already despite their, well, despite Bailey's youth. And um, I think that that will just, um, you know, take them to the next level if they can work together as a real solid unit. So looking forward to seeing how they go, um, despite how much they broke Essendon's heart in previous years. Um, not to show my bias here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of individual awards and uh, and names to note now. Um, Trent, tell me who you've got for the Coleman this year. I think uh, after after a few quiet seasons, injury affected. I know. Um, I think Buddy, Buddy, one, one last hurrah gets his Coleman. Um, obviously, we'll talk and we'll talk about it later. Aiming for a thousand goals this year has been done in a while, so that's a huge achievement for him. Um, assuming, assuming that gets done, but yeah, I think he has one last run and wins the Coleman in his um, yeah, in one of his last years. Anyway, what about you, Ali? Um, so the one thing that I've tried to do this year is pick um, go left field. So obviously, the last um, both AFL and AFLW haven't been the household name. So I've actually um, gone. With the Saints, Max King, um, I think from the glimpses I've seen um, in preseason matches that um, he'll go to a whole new level this year and I think he can um, outscore some of the big guns. So, yeah, I've gone with Max King as my leading goal kicker. What about you, Danny? Um, I have done the opposite and gone with someone who's known for kicking goals and that's Jeremy Cameron. Um, we, we know that Geelong has that three-pronged attack that was so prominent last year, but I reckon this year it's his turn to step up and really, you know, take the game, um, head on. And, you know, he's, he's such a, he's such a strong, prominent player and it's really hard to shut him down. So um, as much as there will be time spent on him by many of the teams, I reckon that he'll be the one to, um, to collect the, uh, the big medal at the end of the season. Um, and speaking of big medals, the one that everyone wants is the brown low. Um, let's, let's hear your tips for who's going to win the, the league BNF Trent. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the document now that we prepared before, and I'm actually going to change my tip last second. I'm actually going to lock in Brody Grundy. Ooh, SA boy. Yeah, SA boy indeed. Um, I think there's been a lot of talk in the media over the last few years that it's a midfielder's award. And I think the closest position that could have as much impact as a midfielder would be the ruck at the moment. And Brody is almost that doubles as a, as a midfielder. So I think he, um, he's come back lighter in the preseason, which I know 
is just from media reports. But um, if, <laughs> if he can, if he can have that breakout year, which he doesn't need to because he already is a superstar. <laughs> but uh, if he does have a breakout year, I think it could be very dangerous for the rest of the comp. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't win the Brownlow. What about you, Danny? Um, I'm going to go with Isaac Heaney. Um, I know that he's been pretty strong for Sydney over the last couple of years. And each year he's just gone up and up. He's improved each year and he's showing more leadership skills more than ever. Um, I think that will help out in the long run as well. Who knows? Are we seeing the next Sydney Swans captain already out there? Um, but I think that he is um, a bit of a roughie. Maybe not everyone would tip him for a brown low chance, but I'll back him in. I'll back him in this year. And that's um, a little shout out to my friend Gemma Bastiani, who absolutely adores the heck out of Isaac Heaney. So <laughs> um, especially having the back of his uh, his big contract that he signed in the preseason too. So um, obviously they've got a bit of confidence in him and his skills and his um and his craft in general. So um, I will I will follow their suit and back him in. Um, Ellie, what about you? I feel like I'm going to keep backing this person until they actually win one. But um, I went with um, Marcus Bontempelli. Um, he, showed, he showed last year how he can stand up in the big moments. Um, there was the games against West Coast early in the season and the one against Carlton where he um, basically took the game won the game off his own back with um yeah just with getting the dogs back on the board and just through the contest the only concern I have is there are there are a few big names at the dogs like Bailey Smith Tom Liberatore who can pinch votes um and I think it happened a few times last year yeah last year when um Ollie Wines took out the award so that is my only concern but um yeah he's an absolute star and I'm sure if it's not this year it's going to be very soon yeah, he's definitely been so close to the mark. Like, um, and like you said, having votes taken off him doesn't doesn't help. But uh, always nice to know that you don't have one standout player in that side. Hey, um, but now let's look at the other end of the scale, the most exciting young talent that we're looking forward to seeing this season. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a a first year draftee, but. Um, just someone that we think is young and, and prime, ready to go and um, and re- make a real impact for their team. Um, Ellie, who, who have you backed in this uh, with this little number? Oh, um, so it may be an obvious name, but I've gone with um, Jason Horn Francis from North Melbourne, obviously pick one in the draft, but I was actually watching the... Um, Stan documentary show me the money the other day um I binge watched it in one sitting um but that's a story for another day um but yeah I think the way I guess I didn't watch a lot of him through um I guess his junior career and playing Sandful but from what I saw in those highlights and I think he started playing Sandful at a relatively young age I think it was around 15 correct me if I'm wrong I reckon you're right. Could have been 14, but I think it's 15. Yeah, so he's a absolute gun and he's been playing against the big boys for quite a long time. So I think he's ready to take his game to the next level. And, and in such a young developing side like North Melbourne, he'll be ready to make his mark on the game. And who knows, we could see him as early as round one against the, against the Hawks at the, at the G. Yeah, I saw him taking hangers during practice games and someone just needs to tell him to 
calm down. There are only practice matches. Please don't injure yourself before <laughs> round one. <laughs> I can only imagine how hard he goes at training just because of that. Um, Trent, what about you? Who's, who have you got for the most exciting young talent this year? Yeah, so I could have definitely gone Jason Horn, and I was going to go Nick Dacos as well because I think he's very special. But I'm actually going to go for the Crows' Josh Rochelle. And that is because this man has skills, smarts, he's got athleticism, and he's got X factor. He has everything that the Crows are crying out for in that forward line. Um, ever since the days of Eddie Betts and Charlie Cameron um, running rampant in that Crows forward line, they have they've had no small forward like them ever since. And so I think Rochelle is the next closest thing to that. And yeah, he provides that spark for them. Um, I expect him to play most games for the Crows. I think he'll start round one, especially. Um, so yeah, and like, and like Ali was saying about Jason Horn, Francis, um, it's a young side, the Crow side as well. So I think he'll definitely get his chance to shine there. What about yeah. you, Danny? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of buzz around him for sure. Yeah. Um, I am going to stick with my bias here, um, show it a little bit more and go with Essendon's Tex Wanganee. Now, this time last month, he wasn't signed to an AFL club. He was um, vying for one of the last spots on Essendon's list and um, he absolutely just blew up during a, um, a practice match and um, he just was everything that the Essendon side was looking for. He's been part of the James Heard Junior Development um, Academy and um, has been working really hard there. And obviously, Wanganeen is a name synonymous with the Bombers. So that's um, a bit of legacy that they've been wanting to continue there. So I'm really excited to see how he um, performs with the side. He had a really big game, like I said, in that practice match. And um, yeah, I, I remember just seeing Twitter absolutely blowing up, seeing him um, perform at, at his best um, during that game. So I, I would love to see him um play in round one I'm not sure if he will um but he would certainly be vying for one of those spots and um yeah I I reckon there will be a solid crowd there when he does make his debut for sure um and speaking of improvements and um and people being on the rise let's talk about who we think might be the biggest improvers compared to last year um Trent, you've you've gone for a side that has had some pretty decent success in in recent years, but you reckon they can do even better. Who have you gone with? Yeah, so I think Richmond were quite unlucky to um, slip all the way to twelfth last year. I think it was. So yeah, I'm gonna go Richmond only because I think they can seriously get back up into that top four slot. Um, the addition of Robbie Tarrant over the off season from North Melbourne's huge as well for their backline. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think they can climb at, at least, yeah, eight places in the ladder. I'm going to go big. <laughs> I reckon they can go eight places up. But, um, yeah, I think top four definitely is the, is the benchmark, if not top six for the Tigers this year. But, um, yeah, I expect them to bounce back pretty quick. What about yourself? Um, I'm I'm going to go with Adelaide. Um, like like you were saying with uh, Josh Rochelle, he is something that the Crows have desperately needed for uh, the last few years. And I think they're sort of trying to, or they've sort of found a good balance within their side. 
Um, they they did have a pretty disappointing season last year. Um, it, it did look like it was going to be a good one and then it just didn't go to plan whatsoever. So um, we've got uh, a number of players who might be, you know, on their last legs like you hinted at with, with Buddy. But um, there is a, an incredible crop of young players coming up. Tom Dude, for example, is someone who is just an excitement machine but is so reliable as well. And I think players like him and um, Riley O'Brien, for example, can really steer the ship and um, be the next crop of leaders there. Um, and, yeah, I'm just really excited to see how they go in the first showdown as well um, of the year. That will be a really exciting one because both teams have a lot of young players. But I expect um, Adelaide to, uh, to do much better than last season. Um, Ellie, who who have you who have you gone with? I'm go I'm taking my tip out west, and I've gone with the Dockers. Um, I think there was a lot of glimpses last season um, to really show what they could um, do, but they lost some pretty easy games, which unfortunately ruled them out of the finals. But I think this this is their year to get back into the top eight. So, yeah, um, they've obviously lost Adam Chair as a Carlton. But They've also brought in Jordan Clark from the Cats, who hasn't had that much opportunity, but he's been um, sitting behind the likes of Patrick Dangerfield and Joel Salwood. So, um, yeah, so he's going to... Yep, so he's going to make his mark on the competition this year. And, um, yeah, I believe Fremantle will make finals this year. Oh, big call, big call. I do like big calls. Um, and Trent, you've got a massive one for our next um, our next topic, which is what we might think will be the biggest headline to come out of the 2022 season. What tell us tell us what we're gonna see in the papers and on our TVs. Yeah, so I expect it to come later in the year. Um, yeah, certainly toward yeah, towards the end of the year. But I think Tasmania gets an AFL team. Um Clarko's obviously on the case. Um, <laughs> there's business plans being drawn up left, right, centre. Obviously, in uh, the Tasmanian Parliament House the other day, um, the Premier announced a plan to build a stadium with a roof as well. Um, maybe not with sexy scoreboards, but <laughs> we'll see what the Tasmanian Stadium gets. But, um, yeah, I think Tasmania's obviously a football state, and um, I think it's crucial in the AFL's next step to grow. Um yeah, do they expand it to one team? That's the question, because then you have an une uneven number of teams, 19. I know that messes with my OCD, but I don't know if it messes with Gills. <laughs> but um, yes. yeah, I think Tasmania gets a team. What about you, Ali? What's your headline? I think obviously COVID's been a big topic over the last few years, but um, I'm going with a sort of more positive one. I think the um, COVID top-up list that have obviously been introduced will um, unearth some new talent um i think over the past few years there have been clubs have picked up those mature age um mature age recruits from the state leagues like um one that stands out to me was um brody Majek, who played for port melbourne um and just took and just really helped collingwood get into the grand final back in 2018 um so yeah and he's just probably one of many who are still running around in the obviously brody's not anymore but there's a number of Players like him running around in the VFL and other state leagues across the country that are looking to get that chance. And um, it might come this season. And who knows, there might be a few new names up in lights um, thanks to this new initiative from the AFL. 
For sure, for sure. Almost like what we saw with uh, the, the green vest situation a few years ago. That's how many players have we seen now go on to do big things because of um, them getting their start with the green vest. Um, my headline is one that many of us long-suffering Essendon fans have been waiting for and is that we will win our first final since 2004. I cannot wait for that Twitter account to shut up. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I, I really think that we are in prime position this season. We, as in Essendon, I'm not part of the Essendon Football Club, unfortunately, but I think that... Last season, there was a lot of hype around us and probably a bit more expectations than, than we could handle. But I think a really solid off-season with Chuck fully at the helm um, would be beneficial to the club as a whole. That includes the VFL and the VFLW. Having all that support and hype around both of those sides plus the AFL side, I think would just boost morale and would want them to um, would give them the want to perform better. Um, um, we obviously picked up Tex Wanganine and Ben Hobbs and a couple other strong young players who will help build up the list for future years. But we're talking about this year, and I think that we see if we see Dylan Shield at full capacity, um, Jordan Ridley take his game to the next level, and um, Andy McGrath and Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt continually run right in the midfield. I think that it will be a solid side that will want to contest finals. We were so close last year to getting that win and um, just fell short. So a um, bit, of, bit of passion behind this one, but I'm not afraid to show it. And I, I, if I put all my bias aside, I truly think that Essendon's in the right spot. But uh, Trent, you've got your hand up. Tell me what you're thinking. <laughs> Daddy, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. One has to go, Zach Merritt or Darcy Parrish? One has to go. <laughs> One has to go. I just want. I need to know. I need to know. Oh, mate! As in, like, leave the club or just sit out leave, for a week. Leave the club. Go on, trade. Oh, shit. Um. Oh, mate, you're killing me here. <laughs> I will say, I'm very sorry, very sorry, very sorry, Darcy Parish. I will. Oh. I would. I would keep Zach. Um. I think that his work rate is just immense. Darcy has all the flair, but Zach is the workhorse of the two. Uh, yeah. Not saying that Darcy isn't, but um, <laughs> yeah, tough call. Um, and I would hate to make it officially. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Man, you put me on the spot there. That hurts. <laughs> no, just really to Darcy as well. We love Darcy still. <laughs> we love you, Darcy. I remember, I remember the first year that Darcy was part of Essendon. Um, there was an open training session at Adelaide Oval when they played their one game a year in Adelaide. And um, <laughs> I met Darcy Parrish. He was the first player that I met when they went around and did the signings. And I took a photo with him and he looked, I've looked at the photo the other day and he looks like a little bug. He's so small. <laughs> and, and I got him to sign my Guernsey and I was waiting for other players. And like, he was, he was a no name at the time. And um, I was just waiting. I was, there was maybe like five of us left and he come back around and did another lap. And um, I was like, Oh, can you get, can you sign my Guernsey? And he's just about to sign it. He's like, I've already signed this. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Darcy, I do have a new Guernsey now. So next time I ask you, please sign Please, please. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. 
Now, let's stop me talking twaddle and get on to some solid talking points for the round. Um, first round coming up this week. How exciting. Um, very keen to see some, some footy at the big stadiums. Um, we got some rivalries happening this, this week as well. We got the Battle of the Bridge, Richmond versus Carlton, and one that's sort of developing, which is the Dogs versus the Dees. Ellie, I might get you to talk about the Dogs versus the Dees one because I saw that you were the one that put this in the sheet with a, with a little question mark next to it. So tell me why it's a rivalry that's developing and what makes it so exciting for this round. Obviously, the games that they played last year were besides the last 45 minutes of the grand final, which I choose to personally forget. Um, yeah, they, they were quite good games. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know it was an actual thing until like a few days ago. But apparently the free to desire thing has stirred up quite a lot of controversy. I don't know why. I personally don't understand it. But apparently it's ruffled the feathers of a few um but yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting and heated clash come Wednesday night yeah okay can can we tell though can we tell these teams that there are soccer teams that have been playing this song for years on end have they ever watched a Premier League match <laughs> and celebrations like come on guys come on <laughs> all right Trent what's what's happening with the Battle of the Bridge give us a bit of a preview of this game yeah, so there's a couple um, key things to point out. Obviously, Toby Green missing um, is huge for the Giants, um, but also Buddy Watch. Um, we've got he's on 995 goals. Um, I touched on it earlier. So, yeah, five goals away from that big ton. Um, if he can get it done in Sydney, it is an away game for him. It's at um, the Giants Stadium, I believe. But, yeah, if he can get it done in Sydney, I mean, that'll be huge. Um, so I think, yeah, there's lots of drama to come anytime the Giants and Swans play this drama. But um, I think, yeah, especially with no green and Buddy five goals away, can he get it done? That's yeah. that's the question for me. But, um, yeah, Danny, if you could tell us a bit about Richmond Carlton. How's it looking? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Richmond and Carlton. Um, we've got a we've got a solid games on our hands uh, on our hands this this week in those two teams. Um, we I guess the history of this this rivalry is, has been pretty interesting over the last couple of years. Um, Carlton obviously hasn't been as competitive, but um, do we think that they will put up a fight for this rivalry? I mean, it's it's obviously something that they're pretty strong with. Um, Trent, do you, do you think that it'll be a close game this, this round? I think, yeah, Carlton definitely can take it to Richmond. Um... Yeah, it could it could be one of those matches where it is that handover. Obviously, Richmond have been so dominant lately, and I know I did put them as my biggest riser. But um, yeah, it could be that that match where yeah, it is the handover. Carlton take back the reins of the rivalry and then go on to dominate for their period of time as well. So um, it'd be definitely interesting to see. But one thing we do know about it is that Dusty loves round one against Carlton. So um, obviously, yeah, Dusty back from injury as well. So. Mm-hmm. Carlton be scared that he's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Um, and talking about players that uh, have had uh, impact over the last, you know, season and but are actually out for round one, we've got, you know, uh, Green, Dixon, Ben King, Josh Bruce. 
What does this mean for some of their teams? Ellie, I know you're obviously quite fond of Josh Bruce, as as are most of us, no matter which team we go for. Um, How do you think uh, the Bulldogs fill that gap? It's definitely going to be a hard one. Um, Obviously, a lot of pressure now goes to Aaron Norton, who's um, still quite developing. Um, We don't really have... But that we've probably got a few options. Obviously, you can bring Tim English up forward, which it worked, and I think it was the prelim final um, where he kicked a few. Um, And then, obviously, if Stefan Martin's fully fit, then um, you can bring in Jamari Hagen, but he is still developing. And I think from what Luke Beveridge said during, during the off-season, he's still a while away. Um, or you can have Aaron Norton as the sole, sole player. Um, and I don't know how he's going to go with that, but obviously the dogs have a lot of um, good small forwards like Cody Waitman. So it's definitely going to be an interesting one and one that I will personally be keeping a close eye on. Um, come Wednesday night but yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting one and I I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do and hopefully um it does work out for the dogs Mm, for sure Trent what does no Ben King mean for the Suns yeah I mean it's huge obviously uh he just signed a two-year extension after the injury so I think having him locked in for their future is crucial um for the Gold Coast franchise but um Obviously, this year, I mean, it, it really hurts them. He's a crucial player in their side. Um, obviously, a key, a young key forward that can kick goals, it's proven. Um, yeah, I think it really hurts what they were all about this year. Um, but, yeah, you just hope that they can fill in the gaps where possible. Um, but, yeah, definitely hurts them this year. Yeah, agreed. And Toby Green is such an important of the um, of the Giants. Um I think that's um, not having them, not having him in the side will be um, the spark missing for the Giants. Um, They are playing against Sydney in the Battle of the Bridge like we spoke of just before. Um, And we know that he loves a big game and loves loves the show. But um, what do you think, Ellie, um, do you think the Giants have the power to cover him for the weeks that he's out? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I know we say this on the pod a lot, but it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, that's a big reason why they wanted to keep Bobby Hill at the Giants is to have that exciting small forward. Um, obviously, they've got no Jeremy Finlayson now as well, who's made the move to the power. So that's another gap they've got to fill. Um, but they do have lots of mids who can convert on the scoreboard, obviously Josh Kelly being one of them. So... I think they may struggle for the first six weeks, but um, if there's anyone that's got um, someone waiting in the wings ready to go, it's going to be the Giants. Yeah, for sure. Um, And heading into round one, we've got a couple of coaches on debut, which is always exciting. Um, No pressure for them. (laughs) Um, We've got Sam Mitchell, Michael Voss and Craig McRae all coming in for their first AFL game as coach. Um, are there any of those three coaches that stand out as someone who you think will make a real difference at their club? Uh, Trent? Yeah, so Craig McRae, obviously my coach, my new coach at the Pies. Um, I think, yeah, he's an assistant at Richmond um, over their three premierships. Um, so, yeah, big name to add to Collingwood. But he comes in with good assistants as well. I think in Justin Lepich and Brendan 
Bolton, if I'm yeah, I think I think that's right. But um, yeah, so he's got a, a good team behind him as well. But he's it sounds like he's totally revamped the culture around the club, um, from all reports that I've heard. Um, so yeah, be very keen to see what game plan he pulls out uh in round one against the Saints. But um, yeah, just the exciting times at Collingwood, I think, um, from a coaching standpoint. What yeah. about you, Ali? Who do you like out of the new coaches? I like Sam Mitchell. Obviously, um, he was a real key to, well, he's first off a legend of um, Hawthorne, winning a few premierships over there. Um, but he played it when he went over to West Coast and when he was an assistant coach, he played a real key role in getting that um, flag for the club back in 2018. So I think he does know what success is. And obviously the handover from Alistair Clarkson was a bit messy. So there might be a little bit of trust broken there, but I don't think it would be too long until um he gets the Hawks on the right track. And obviously they were they um he wasn't someone they wanted to lose. Obviously snapping him up quick, smart when there was a few job uh, coaching vacancies open. So obviously he's someone that's really important to Hawthorne to have to lead them into the future to their next um premiership. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the coach's box. And Danny, what about you? Well, yeah, we've got Michael Voss, uh, you know, being Colton's however many coaches in however many years. Um, yeah, it's um, it's an exciting add for Colton to their list. He's obviously um, coached for over a decade at, at Brisbane and Port Adelaide um, and played as well. So he's got that extra knowledge. Um, I think he's the 35th Carlton coach. If I, uh, I hope I have that right. I'm sure I have a culture, a few Carlton supporting friends that'll uh, pick me up on that if if I'm wrong. But um, he's he's um, I really like his coaching style, and he obviously has like a, a fair amount of credentials on on his resume. So I hope that the experience that he has in the AFL uh, will come through and um, be a real solid part of the club and bring them a bit more success than what they've seen in the last few years. So hopefully they can keep him around for a few years as well and get a bit of consistency. I think consistency and leadership is such an important thing to breed success within a team. So um, touch wood, it all goes well, and um, we don't see him kicked out after 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 half a season. So, well, I was calling with an Essendon fans. That would be nice, eh? Then <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't say wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, and we've got some pretty pretty cool milestones coming up for round one. We'll just touch on them quickly. Um, these are obviously all subject to team selections, so they're not 100% locked in. But if everything goes to plan and all these players play this weekend, we've got um, Sam Wiedemann from Melbourne who will hit his 50th game, Tom Barris and Jesse Hogan um, from West Coast Eagles and GWS respectively will both hit 100 games. Uh, Nathan Wilson from Frio and Jamie Cripps from West Coast Eagles will hit 150, although we know that Cripps is injured at the moment, so it's not likely that he'll play round one. And um, Big Stefan Martin from the Bulldogs is hitting 200 games. Um, I know I said we'd just touch on him quickly, but Ellie, I know that you have a bit of insider knowledge with the doggies. Can you tell me what's so special about Stefan Martin? I think just when he came in and how um, much of an asset he was to the club and especially in that final series where um, 
they were the rock go the rock was a bit of a concern the way he kind of I think the way he kind of made it obviously not all better because there were still a few issues there but it was a drastic improvement from having him in there and have not having him there so um yeah and I think he, from all reports he um does he's a good asset off the field as well so um yeah quite happy that he's at the Bulldogs now and instead of up north but yeah looking forward to seeing him in his 200th game come Wednesday if all goes to plan for sure I just sorry sorry, if I could no if I could cut in Danny just just quickly um absolutely all respect to Nathan Wilson hitting 150 games but um and obviously credit to him you're an AFL player and I'm not but he's got that bit of that David Mackey um, feel to him. I've never, <laughs> I've never. He's not a household name, Nathan Wilson. But um, oh, oh yeah, all credit due. 150 games at, at any level of any sport is um remarkable. So yeah, credit to you, Nathan Wilson. <laughs> I, I won't lie. When I was putting that list together, I actually had to Google what team he played for. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Please don't come for us, Western Western Australian fans. Beck, yeah. Beck Ruthven, I'm looking at you. <laughs> what what watch this wait watch this season when he comes up against your teams like he'll absolutely have a he'll come out and absolutely 40 touches yeah. 40 touches five goals <laughs> shit <laughs> oh no we appreciate you nathan wilson <laughs> um but let's let's talk about an extra special milestone which will be happening round one sam doherty everyone's favorite man who is just has the heart of gold he comes back he's in for round one after his second cancer battle i think that's just astonishing we know um, I don't know about you guys, but um, I've had a few family members go through cancer and I've seen how that stuff knocks you around. Um, just to be able to go through it, we, we, it came through, the news came through, what, last year that he was going through it again and to already be back and prime and ready to go for round one is just blowing my mind. Trent, you seem to be a bit of a fan of Sam Doherty. You were pretty excited to see this news. Uh, what makes you so excited about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, rivals aside, like obviously playing for Carlton, um, he's just a hero. I think, yeah, 28 years old. And as you said, it's his second bout of um, cancer. I, I mean, yeah, you could and you couldn't ask for it to happen to a, a better bloke. I mean, he's, yeah, he's just an all-round superstar. And to be back ready at an optimal playing weight, obviously, and just, yeah, he impressed in the preseason hitouts. I think it's awesome for him. Um, and yeah, to be to be primed to, to be able to play AFL is um, is yeah, true. It's truly remarkable, and yeah, just a show of his resilience. So yeah, I honestly can't wait, and I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way. Yeah, definitely, Ellie. What do you love about Doc? Uh, I think that you wouldn't wish cancer on your worst enemy once, let alone twice, and to have gone through it twice is yeah a massive testament to be able to come out the other side and then get to AFL level um so yeah but I think the impact he has on the competition as well um obviously when news hit that unfortunately he was diagnosed again I think Carlton started a campaign where the players shaved their heads for Doc and um it sort of spread quite quickly and it was just one of those lovely things that you see every now and again. Um, 
that warms your heart. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him back out in the navy blue come Thursday night. For sure. His preseason match, he he picked up that many stats and he was easily one of the best on grounds. It was so impressive to see. So I hope he keeps that form and um, and we see him excel through this season. Um, and something that's really exciting for the viewers of the AFL, um, this is the last topic we'll touch on because I know we've hit a lot of things already, um, but something that's really special that we'd like to make note of is um, all 18 club theme songs will have closed captions this year. And that's just one way of making our great game extra accessible for uh, players. We know that um, there are a lot of deaf and hard of hearing people who, um, you know, maybe struggle to hear the songs or, you know, need subtitles to know what's going on. And I think that any little thing that we can be doing as, um, as a sport and as a wider society just to make uh, make living that little bit easier for people with a disability is so important. Um, and it's it's for so many people. I mean, I know I struggle watching TV and movies without subtitles and I have very little hearing issues. So um, I, I want to give props to the AFL um, for, for this initiative. Um, I think it's really special and, and um, something to make our game even better for, for the fans and for the viewers. Um, do either of you guys have any anything further to say on that one? Yeah, I think it needed to be done. And um, it's a pretty yeah, obvious and easy solution for the AFL to put subtitles on, on the big screens come day, game day. Um, I think that's the plan. If I'm, if I'm correct about that, up on the scoreboards, they'll play um, subtitles along with the theme song. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an awesome initiative. And, um, yeah, yeah, I wish it had to happen sooner, if anything. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome initiative. And um, it's going to be a great addition to um, everyone's match day routines who um do get to get to the games this weekend and for the rest of the season for sure um so that wraps up the bit of chat that we've um had during what the rough what we what we like to do for those who have listened to the aflw episodes we love to finish the the episode with quick fire tips so what we do is we ask which uh or we say which sides are facing off and whereabouts and you guys just tell me who you're going to be tipping. That's all it is. No, no extra chit chat. We just want the quick fire, quick fire choices. So um, first up, we have Melbourne versus the Doggies at the MCG. Ellie. Um, no need to ask me here. Are the Doggies? Beauty. And Trent? We go Melbourne. Ooh, yes, it is the grand final rematch. I should mention that. I'm going to go with the Doggies as well. Uh, Carlton versus Richmond at the MCG, Trent? Tigers, just. Yeah, Billy? Yeah, Richmond. Yep, oh, I reckon we're unanimous on this one, Richmond. Um, then we have St Kilda versus Collingwood at Marvel Stadium, Ellie? St Kilda. Ooh, Trent. <laughs> Collingwood by 200. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Collingwood, Collingwood. Love that. I hate that I'm going to say Collingwood, but I'm saying Collingwood. <laughs> um, Geelong versus Essendon at the MCG, Trent. Oh, Essendon. Thank you. Ellie? Let's keep Danny happy when going Essendon. Thank you so much. <laughs> I will go Essendon as well. Shock to everyone. Um, 
And next up, we have GWS versus Sydney, the Battle of the Bridge at Acorn Stadium. Ellie. Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, Sydney. Yeah, Trent. Swans and Buddy gets his thousand. Ooh, I'm gonna go GWS just just to just to give a Still bit of exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brisbane versus Port at the Gabba. Trent. Brisbane. Yeah, Ellie. Brisbane. Ooh, okay. I will go Brisbane as well. Um, Hawthorne versus North Melbourne at the MCG. Ellie. Ooh, tough one. Um, Hawthorne. Yeah, Trent. North Melbourne. Ooh, I'm going with Ellie. Let's go Hawthorne. Um, Adelaide versus Frio at Adelaide Oval. Trent. Fremantle. Ooh, bit of hesitancy there, Ellie. Yeah. Frio. Yeah, I'm going to go Adelaide. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for the final match of the round, we got West Coast versus Gold Coast at Optus Stadium. Ellie? Uh, Gold Coast. Ooh, I like it. Let's go, Trent. Gold Coast. <laughs> You know what? You've convinced me. I'll go for yeah. Gold Coast. <laughs> jump <as well>. on board. <laughs> I'll jump on board the train. Beauty. Well, that pretty much wraps up our episode. Do we have any final comments, my friends? Oh, good. Thank you so much for having, um, having me, Ali and Danny. I've loved it. Pleasure. Oh, Happy awesome. to have you on board. Ellie, you got anything final to say? Uh, short and sweet. Go, dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, dons. <laughs> beauty all right thanks for joining us guys and thank you everyone for listening this has been what the ruck you can find us on twitter and instagram at what the ruck pod as part of the edge of the crowd network you can find us at edge of the crowd on instagram and twitter too and of course on our website www.edgeofthecrowd.com thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time see you guys bye